you know, the, the, the influence that you have, the favor that you walk in, man, it just increases, and it, but it multiplies. And I think that's, that's how we have to address things. We lived together, the two of us, in the mountains of Afghanistan, across the border in Pakistan, doing these operations. He saved my life multiple times. I watched him save the lives of other American service members multiple times. Where I think when she said she was a police officer, somebody else said, well, you know, we've got Mighty Oaks that's coming. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking at her. Her face is stunned. She starts crying. And she said, I gave my life, life to the Lord through Mighty Oaks. Now, more than ever, it takes guts to live for God. On this podcast, we're talking to leaders, coaches, politicians, and industry influencers about what it takes to live the God kind of life. You're listening to the It Takes Guts podcast with Bill Shear. Hey guys, welcome back to the It Takes Guts podcast. I'm Bill Shear, the pastor of Guts Church. We have an incredible honor. Um, you know, there's there's people that we probably ought to meet as heroes in our lives. And I think that's that's going to happen in this podcast. Um Man, God's it, it's interesting for me because I've been in ministry a long time. And I, I I can't tell you a hundred times I've been in meetings or in rooms and I'm thinking, how did I get here? Or with with important people and I'm thinking, how am I with these guys or with these people? And this podcast is one of those. Um, you know, everything going on in the world today, you know, the world's going, the world's on fire, the storms are raging, the wars and rumors of wars and storms are hitting us. And I'm telling you, this podcast, you're going to, we're going to, I'm going to talk to a man who's built for the storm. So really, I, I just want to dive in. So man, I want to welcome Chad to the, to the podcast. Thanks, and, Pastor. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to introduce yourself. Um, uh, incredible work. I, I love the the whole idea of maybe seeing a need and filling the need. If you see it, you own it. And that's kind of the approach I'm I'm getting from you. Yeah. And um and it's important because man, the world's chewing guys up. You know, I, we as a church, we're here to build men. That's right. And I'm always looking for for paths to manhood for young guys and for boys and for young men and maybe even adult men. And, mm-hmm. and that that's maybe it sums up in my heart who you are. Yeah, pastor. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I think we share our heart with, uh, in the fact that we really have no room for passive men. Uh, the world has no room right now for passive men. We need men of action and, uh, the church should be producing and, and, and encouraging and empowering and emboldening men of action. Uh, the world needs it now more than ever. And uh, and I, I get to be a p- big part of that in the ministry that God's called me to, uh, Mighty Oaks Foundation. You know, as uh, my background is special operations. I was a force recon Marine. I did 14 years in-, in uh, Say that slower for <laughs> the Okies that are watching. Yeah, uh, so I did 14 years in special operations. I was a force recon Marine. And uh, I'm very privileged to serve in what's called the JSOC Task Force, the Joint Special Operations Command Task Force. I did eight deployments in that capacity. Uh, And then coming home after those eight deployments, I dealt with a lot of things that many of our military warriors deal with. What were the length of those deployments? Uh, In JSOC, they're anywhere from like four to six months. uh, Wow. As opposed to conventional military might do 
anywhere from 10 to 15 months. But um, in those eight deployments, I, my longest was a year, but I never spent more than two weeks on probably total on a base. So you're embedded. So for me, I was. My, my job was an AFO, Advanced Force Operator, which meant uh, I was embedded with local nationals. In fact, uh, one particular local national was Aziz, and he was my interpreter. He was my teammate. I look forward to meeting him. Yeah, tonight. he's going to be here tonight. Yeah. And so we, the two of us, you know, went out. A AFO goes out ahead of your unit to build all the clandestine infrastructure to put the assaulters on target to capture and kill bad guys. And, and Aziz was my partner in doing that. We did over over 100 missions to put our the United States, or the world's premier special operations unit on target. Wow. And, uh, and so, you know, after those deployments, came home after losing 15 friends, dealt with all the hardships that many of our warriors deal with, anxiety, depression. I was diagnosed with PTSD. And, uh, and that led me down a pretty dark road to almost divorcing my family, almost becoming another veteran suicide statistic. And on the other side of that, some amazing people came around me to help me get well. Uh, probably nothing though in that process is more profound than the restoration of my faith and being introduced to a relationship with Jesus. And on the other side of that, God just put a deep burden on my heart to pay that forward to others. Yeah. And that manifested in the founding of Mighty Oaks Foundation 12 years ago. Well, yeah, it just, I mean, I think about it. He referred to tonight, we, we have a men's meeting tonight featuring Chad and introducing Mighty Oaks to veterans in our area and, and first responders and police officers and fire guys. And, and um, I, I tell you, it is, you know, it's interesting. I, I think it's probably a, a tug of war in your heart that it's, it's what, what you do 20 years ago, nobody would have known about it. That's right. Well, now it, so many things are public and, uh, you know, I know that I've got special ops guys that are, you know, they, they and some of them that are retired and 60 years old and they're troubled with that. Cause it's like, we're, we don't work out in the open. That's, that's mm -hmm. not how we're effective. And, um, it, but it's, it's interesting because maybe, maybe some guys watching this that are on the sideline and are, are battling with like, you know, may, you know, I think about infections in our body that we can carry this low grade infection and we can get, we can get by it's just we're in a bad, we don't sleep well. We, we don't, um, we don't feel well and we're not operating at our, at our optimal capacity, but we don't have to go to the doctor and we don't right. have to go to the hospital. And I think that a lot of depression in men, it's like a low grade depression where, where I believe it's how the devil works and just keeping guys with a lid in their lives. And mm -hmm. that was, that was definitely the case for me. I mean, I, when I first started dealing with, anxiety, it started with these physiological symptoms that I never thought in a million years would happen to me. My arms would go numb, my face would go numb, I'd feel like my throat was swelling shut. But I felt like if I said something to the guys I worked with, I was in a small special operations team, yeah, yeah. those guys could think I'm weak and I'd be peered out of my unit. And, and I might've been in fear of that, but there may have been some truth to that at that time, to be honest with you. And uh, so I didn't ask for help and, uh, and I didn't get help. And that led me down a path that almost cost me everything. And, uh, and I'm, you know, here to say tonight to right here in this podcast. And then tonight, as we speak to the men in your community, like we can't do it alone. We were not designed to do it alone. 100%. We were not created to do it alone and we don't have to do it alone. And that's uh, a page out of our book. Yeah, man. If we're alone, we're going to get our butts. That's kicked. right. I mean, man, in the military, like there's no Rambo. Uh, you right. know, I, I was probably as a singleton operator, even working by myself in, in the mountains of Afghanistan and Pakistan, 
I had a local nationals with me. He's my partner. I was, uh, you know, I wasn't, I might not have been with a U.S. service member, but I wasn't alone. And, uh, right. and, and, uh, we just can't do it. And uh, I think so many men feel like they're ashamed or they, they're worried about the, you know, people, how people are going to view them. Man, you could worry about that now or you could worry about that later when the wheels fly off because they right. will eventually fly off. And uh, deal with it on your terms or not on your terms. Right. Eventually, you're going to have to deal That's with it. That's exactly right. right. And, uh, and man, this is what I love about churches like when you have pastor at the Guts Church is, is a place for people to come and get, in a, get tied in a family and be able to lock arms with other like-minded men and move forward and uh, move forward through the hard things in life. And, uh, you know, at Mighty Oaks, when I started Mighty Oaks, that's what I wanted to do. I felt like I was all alone going through this. I come on the other side, I'm out of this fog, and I realized I, was, I wasn't the only one. Other people were struggling. I didn't want them to struggle alone. Right. I wanted to create something that we could do it together well, and move forward together. The numbers that you talk about are impressive. And I'm a numbers guy, and I'm yeah. competitive. <laughs> so every time you talk numbers, I'm thinking, okay, how can, how can I throw a number in there and compete with it? But, 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 but honestly, this needs to shake the church. And, I, and I, I'll tell you, my whole read on church is everything the world's dealing with right now, the church has allowed it. Sure. Yeah. And, it, and it's bothersome to me that we're good at pointing fingers at the world and we're good at pointing fingers at people. And, 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 and then I think, you know, I mean, my gosh, it, it, the, the Bible says judgment starts in the house of God. And I mean, if, if I, I think about it, and here, here's what breaks my heart. What breaks my heart is a guy like you, man, you, you want to impact these vets and you want to impact first responders. And you, you, have to, you have to do it like you almost started on your own. I did, yeah. We started completely grassroots on our own. And, and that, that is an indictment on the church. It is. I'm very proud of Mighty Oaks. Uh, I love what we do as a ministry, but the reason Mighty Oaks exists, the reason my ministry exists is, is to fill a gap from the local church. I, yeah. we, my, my ministry, Mighty Oaks is not the solution. The local church is the solution. Well, and that, that's a trigger for me in my yeah. heart that I'm, you know, cause I think about FCA with athletes mm -hmm. and, and, and businessmen's groups and other things that where people meet and I, I get it that some people are just mavericks and some, sure. of them, but. I think a lot of it, the church has some blind spots. We, we, I view, I view our ministry, and even as a competitive person, <laughs> I, I view our ministry as proud as I am of it as a conduit to the church because I believe yeah. the solution is the local church. I believe me and my team, we have the ability to go out into places, be able to speak the language, identify the those people groups in the veteran community and the first responder community, and have the open doors to the military to reach them and then help plug them in to the church. And you talk about numbers like over the last twelve years. Since we started this, I've been able to speak to over a half a million active duty troops. Yeah. In our resiliency program, I speak at Marine Corps boot camp to every, for eight years now, every body goes to Marine Corps boot camp. We've had 5,000 graduates from our recovery program. Uh, we've, you know, I've, I've testified before Congress and Senate. I was President Trump appointed me to the White House's faith based coalition uh, for veterans care. We have an international program going around the world and helping our allied troops and partners around the world. So we've been able to do some incredible things, but we would not be able to do it without the partnerships we have from local churches around the country. And we have some amazing churches that we partner with. I'll tell you, this is a, a very simple idea for a church to grab a hold of. And don't have to create a, you can just use your blueprint. Right, I mean, truthfully, like the church shouldn't have to, like we could do it together. Like churches sometimes feel like they have to have all the solutions and the churches, again, I believe the church is a solution, but they don't have to be equipped to learn how to handle every people group. They could 
uh, align with organizations like Mighty Oaks. Like, right. So we want to be a resource. When I come to visit a church and speak at a church, I want to bring a resource to the pastor there and the pastoral team there to say, hey, if you have veterans and first responders in the community, now you have a resource to put into your church, to go out and outreach outside of your church. You have a resource through Mighty Oaks. And we've that's been the approach we've taken. And in partnership like that, by helping empower the local church, we've, we've been able to reach so many people yeah, uh, and through this. 12 years. 12 years. Weakness creates chaos. Uh, when America, if people could, I'm not sure how people would take this, but I'll just say it because I, I deeply believe it. America is the strongest nation in the world. When America is weak, the world is, is burning down. America has to be strong and has to be able to exude, uh, display strength. Uh, one of the reasons that those North, the North Koreans hadn't come across that 38th parallel in, in South Korea is we have 35,000 troops sitting on that 38th parallel yeah. for, for since the Korean War. You move those 35,000 U.S. troops out of there, chaos Chaos in that region. We don't, we're not there occupying South Korea. We're there putting a contingent in place that creates stability. When you do something like remove 2,500 troops out of Afghanistan, the most strategic place in the globe between Iraq, Iran, Russia, and China, you create instability, and we're seeing that instability right now. Well, uh, it's because for America to be weak, in my opinion, mm -hmm. we have to choose to be weak. Sure, yeah. We do. And golly, I mean, it just, and and that's why, like, Mighty Oaks, even if if just the entry level of you of of guys getting back on their feet and restoring them with with an idea of manhood in their life, yeah. And you, I mean, you look at how, how in the world has manliness and manhood taken such a hit that it's taken in our society? It's crazy. Yeah, the whole idea of toxic masculinity, men, uh, is just, it's an, it's not by accident. It's an intentional blow against the nuclear family yeah. and home. You have to, in order to, in order to bring, you know, globalist movement, in order to bring a destruction of, of, of people and culture, you have to destroy America. And the only way to destroy America is to take the men out of the home and, and demasculate men, uh, from a, from a cultural perspective. And right. so that's been very intentional and deliberate. Uh, one of the things that we really believe in Mighty Oaks is, is, is the way to restore, you know, veterans and first responders and those who are struggling is, is a, a reset button. It's as simple as that, right? We could put them on medication and drugs. You put them through all the counseling and stuff like that, or you could just hit the reset button. And when I say the reset button is bringing them back to the default settings by being the men that God created them to be right. and helping them, presenting them with a biblical blueprint. Cause people say that life doesn't come with a handbook. I just say you hadn't hand, read the handbook. Right. The, the life has a perfect handbook. It's the Bible. And if you can align your life, the life God created you to live by living the, the biblical blueprint of life, you're going to land in a pretty good spot. And that's what we do with these men at Mighty Oaks. These guys that are on 20, 30 pills a day and, and going through counseling and, and, and clinical therapy and they just can't get it together. We say, hey, let's stop looking at all that right now. Let's just align your life with the life you created to live. Every day you make choices. Let's make choices uh, that are biblically aligned and see what's going to happen. Yeah. And you know, you, and, and the medication, most of them, they, they went off of it. I mean, they don't oh, yeah. like it. It's a miserable life. I, I was, I was on, when they put me on these medications, I, I had two reactions. One, I either felt like a zombie or two, I felt like it was being, it was poisoning me and killing me. I did not want to be on the medication. And most veterans don't there. They can't function. They can't live. Most, more importantly, they can't be, producers and, and not consumers, right? Men are created right. to be producers, not consumers. And if you have all these amazing guys, half a percent of our population, only half percent of our, of our population serves, 
and now they're sidelined collecting a permit disability check from the VA, sitting back on the couch the rest of their life. They suffer, but most importantly, their communities suffer. Their families suffer. Uh, their communities suffer. The right. church suffers because these are the ones that that could be leading. And uh, and I'm not okay with that. When veterans come to our program, we're like, we tell them right away, you're not just here to get well. That's not okay for me, just to get well. You're here to meet a position to help the next guy to change your home, to change your family, to change your community, and be a world changer. Uh, well, and it's, you, you tap into the boot camp training. It's all it's all designed and built to overcome. 100%, well, yeah. now that reset button maybe brings it back. Okay, wait, I'm the overcomer again. That's right. Got to get purpose back into life. Right. I, I want to share, a, I'll make a quick story. There's, there's a, I came here to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma about eight years ago uh, to speak at a church. And, uh, and I was speaking, and every time I speak at a church pastor, uh, and I'll do it tonight, uh, make sure that they, everybody in there knows. If you're a veteran, a first responder, a spouse, if you know someone, Here's a flyer. It's free. We pay for everything, including travel. Uh, no strings attached. Come get help. And there's always that wife that nudges her husband, right? And, right. And, uh, and Heather nudged Pete and said, you need to go to that. And Pete said, like a lot of military guys, like the guy you were mentioned earlier, um, I, I, I'm not going to go get the help. I'm embarrassed to say something. Somebody else needs it more than me. He didn't come. Uh, hey, hang on. That's preachers too. Oh, for sure. For sure. That pride. That no, I got friends. It's like, why do you say something? Yeah. Why do you let me know? How about how about a heads up? Because it, it, shame is a ridiculous enemy. It, it and the enemy knows how to use it against us. Six months later, Pastor Ron Woods, who we both know, called me. He told me what happened. Now, Pete stood in the back of a pickup truck, surrounded by police, right here in this community. And the last thing Pete said was, "Tell my wife I love her, and I'm doing this for her." And he pulled the trigger, and he ended his life, and ended any chance for purpose uh, moving forward. We had a newlywed couple just joined the church a couple months ago. And I, I had just, I think the these guys had been pitching mm -hmm. this night to me about mm -hmm. about doing it. And I think we had just made the decision. But I'm sitting in that, in, with the at, at a lunch after church for people who were joining the church. And I sat down with this couple. They were newlyweds. Just got back from their, their honeymoon. And the decision they made in their honeymoon is they were going to go to church. And they came to church. And he's he, he was he's a salesman or an entrepreneur. She's a police officer. And we were talking and somehow this came up where I think when she said she was a police officer, somebody else said, well, you know, we've got Mighty Oaks that's coming. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking at her. Her face is stunned. She starts crying. And she said, I gave my life, life to the Lord through Mighty Oaks. And I mean, it was. And, and a girl. Yeah, it was, yeah, we have a women's program. Yeah. It's powerful too. The women's program is so powerful. A hundred percent. And and really honestly, if I could it's it's gotten so ridiculous the world this is easy now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's light and dark now. Right, yeah, it's a lot clearer to see. It's <laughs> not confusing. Right? No, not at it all. Shouldn't be and, and and that's what I, I wanna kinda the you know, the Bible says provoke the Jews to jealousy that I want to provoke pastors mm. to to the greater works mm. that God's called them to in this in this type of endeavor. Well, I can say this, Pastor. So there's a lot of if if you have a heart, if you have the heart of Jesus, and, you, and you're a pastor and in ministry, or there's so many needs out there, right? So why veterans? Why first responders? Uh, I mean, I have a my heart bleeds most and hurts most for human trafficking. Yeah, but that's not what God called me to do. Why I believe this is one of the most important 
ministries to do in your community is because these men and women are leaders and, and, and you, you could reinvest in a leader, right? You could help someone eat. You could help someone get out of slavery. But if, when you reignite a leader, that's exponential. Well, let's go trafficking just for one minute. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm in this discussion again, thinking, how did I get here mm-hmm. at this table with national ministry people mm-hmm. and talking about trafficking? And, and they asked me, they said, what's, what's on your heart? What do you think about what, what's your dream to try to combat this? And I said, you know, man, there's, there's people that, that prosecute offenders. There's people that rescue people. There's people that I said, they're better at me than that, at that way better than me. And they said, well, what, what do you see? I said, I say. We have every man of God, every woman of God in America stand up and let's end it. Yeah. If we cut the head off in America, it's over. It probably, <laughs> I mean, the money dries up yeah. and it just, I, I think it's that easy. I think it's where we say, look, man, yeah. let's find these trafficked people, mm-hmm. ask the right questions, get trained and stop this. And I, I mean, it's time to, it's, it, I don't want to pass it to the next generation. Right. I don't want to sleepwalk through life and, and be the, I don't want to be the Christian leader that's still talking about they're not praying in school and they're, they took the 10 commandments off the courthouse. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's such you a ba- tired. You bail in the water out of a boat with holes in it. Right. Plug, plug the holes. Stop bailing out the water and plug the holes. <laughs> like, and, uh... and, and I believe that's how powerful God intends the church to be. You know, I, Second Peter, one, one Peter says, "I Peter, a bond servant and apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, too, is grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace is God's power, His supernatural ability, and His favor. Peace is His prosperity. Let that be multiplied to you. That's what that's what He proclaimed over over those people, over over us." And it's a living word. And I'm thinking, man, what if God's power in, in your life and what my, I'm committing my prayer for you and our church is that your is that God's power is multiplied in your life, that prosperity is multiplied in your life. And to where, you know, that the, the influence that you have, the favor that you walk in, man, it just increases and it, but it multiplies. And I think that's, that's how we have to address things. That's why, because I think most people are like, well, what, what, I can't make a difference. What difference could I make? Man, I was just, I was just in Van Buren, Missouri. And a, 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 a guy of this church that was here for 20 years, went there and started a church. It's 120 people after 10 months. And there's 800 people in the community. I'm like, wait, he's, that's 15% of the people, <laughs> people right, right? Like there, that. Yeah. And, and he, he, I mean, hadn't even gotten started really. Right. I mean, this, the the difference between light and dark today is so obvious, it's crazy. And God's word never returns void of power. It always accomplishes what God intended it to accomplish. And it prospers in it. We have control of it. And God's given us that kind of authority. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. God... God certainly doesn't i mean i i love praying pastor i i pray i pray a lot but god doesn't call us to sit back and just pray 
Uh, he, he calls us to be people of action. And he equipped us to be well, people of action. Well, James, the half-brother of Jesus, yeah. said, you show me your faith by what you say, I'll show you my faith by what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have we have to stand up. And what it, the things that God burns our heart for, he will equip us to do. And he already has. Uh, yeah, for sure. Let's just talk a minute about, F- and let me tell you, make them buy the book, make them see the movie, whatever it's going <laughs> to yeah. But let's talk about Afghanistan yeah. and just the overview, Aziz, yeah. and and what happened there. Because I tell yeah. people, I tell people that, uh, <laughs> I tell people that, yeah, man, this guy rescued a thousand, helped a thousand people get out. And, and I was, I was hoping I wasn't exaggerating. And then it's way more than that. It was, it started off a little selfishly to be honest. Aziz, you got, yeah, like people have to understand like how this started, like who Aziz is. Like Aziz was not just my, my interpreter and that's not to minimize anybody else's interpreter. Like a lot of times you think of interpreter being like one guy for the whole unit. And, uh, and you know, a lot of people ask, how'd you have the same interpreter for all eight deployments? It was because Aziz was more than my interpreter. He was my teammate. And he was very—he was specifically selected and trained. He did 16 years at a, at the, the premier special operations unit, uh, and and uh, I'm intentionally not saying the name of the unit, but he did he did uh, 16 years there, and he was my my guy. So like we lived together, the two of us, in the mountains of Afghanistan, across the border in Pakistan, doing these operations. He saved my life multiple times. I watched him save the lives of other American service members multiple times. He, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll share one of the stories tonight. Though I'm speaking of one of the moments that. He, he, he saved my life, but he probably saved my life every day. Like don't walk there. Don't eat that. Don't talk to that person. If you talk right now, they're going to kill us. Like you dressing me up like an Afghan and we're living in the mountains. Like he took care of me. And when we were not operating those mountains, I didn't go back to base and he went home. I went to his home. His wife, Hatra cooked my first warm meal. Wow. I held, I held my shoe to my shoe his oldest son and daughter when they were born as babies. Like this is family. And so in 2016, I started applying for his special immigrant visa, which was a promise the United States government gave to them in 2009. If they served and fulfilled their contract, we would give them a path to citizenship. And whether people agree with that or not, it's a prom- contractual promise the United States government made with these people who fought alongside of us for 20 years, improved their worth, uh, and, and to be able to come and have the chance for the American dream. Six years he had been in that process, and, and not a day closer than... It's supposed to take nine months. It's a very intentionally broken system to not keep our promises to our to our, uh, our uh, foreign partners. The one thing I had control of was, as a civilian, I had the ability to go get my friend. And uh, and I was no way that I would be able to live myself without knowing that I didn't try to get Aziz, his wife, and six kids out. Not only would he be killed for being an interpreter, but he we had knew at that time he specifically was being hunted by our old teammate who had a... Uh, Turn on us back there, and we had him arrested. We he he had he had twelve of our teammates killed. Uh, we had him arrested, and when we had him arrested, we had, I had a vehicle bomb driven in my house. I got abducted by a foreign intelligence agency. Aziz was compromised. He did. He went to the Bagram jail. He went to Palacharki jail. Went to Saudi Arabia in 2011. President Obama did a big prisoner release. He got out, rejoined the Taliban, and so when the withdrawal was happening, he contacted Aziz and said, "I'm coming to get you." So it was very specific. Aziz was going to die because of what he did for me and, and you, by the way, and everybody yeah. listening to this. And so I had to go get him. And I, I called some team members and said, uh, will you guys help me go get Aziz? And we put together a team of about 12 people for all special operations veterans. And while we're putting together this team, 
one of our team members brought up about 3,000 orphan girls that had just been left behind. And that changed everything. We said, um, we had SEALs, recon Marines, Green Berets, CIA ground branch guys, very, very experienced guys, all with a really burdened heart to do the right thing. We said, man, let's help as many people as we can. Americans, interpreters, women, children, Christians that be persecuted. And honestly, we've got a lot of credit for this, but the only thing I could say we did right was we were just obedient to that stirring yeah. that God had on us and God orchestrated a complete miracle that we didn't only get Aziz and his wife and kids out, we got 17,000 people out. And they ended with us, uh, myself and Dennis Price, going into Tajikistan and every night for 10 days, swimming uh, swimming across the Panjir River in Afghanistan to build routes out for the women and little girls that were on the other side of the river. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty humbling thing and a, an incredible thing to be a part of and watch just people come together. This the, the most. Uh, there's so many things I learned out of, out of it. But what I, what I learned most out of it, people come together yeah. to do the right thing. I, I mean, Pastor, like people from, there's people that follow me on social media, not because they like me, they, they hate me. They hate my Christian values. They hate my conservative values. And I had people emailing me being like, I don't like you. I think you're an idiot, but I love what you're doing. Where can I donate? That was yeah. the kind of message I was getting. We had a Jewish organization. The flights were about $700,000 to $800,000. We had a Jewish organization write us and say, I want to make a $1.5 million donation to pay for two flights. I set it up, gave him the routing number. The guy calls back and says, we can't make the donation. I thought, I'm in a hurry. I get the wrong writing number. He said, no, we can't because you're a Christian organization and we're a Jewish organization. We can't give Jewish money to a Christian organization. And I laughed and said, okay, you do realize we're rescuing Muslims, right? And uh, we all laughed and he, and he made the donation and we yeah, yeah. we got to show God's love for people and we helped those people. And it was, it was just incredible to see people come together. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard for me. You think about the children, the women, I mean, on a good day, they're oppressed. On yeah. a good day, they're in bondage. Yeah. Okay. And and then this something like this happens, and I it it it, it I'm troubled with the burden. It, it's hard to describe the level of chaos. Like, so little girls as young as nine years old, immediately before the U.S. pulled out, immediately are starting to get taken, bought captured yeah uh the, the mullahs are, are demanding list of girls from uh 14 to 45 although they're taking girls as young as nine sexually enslaved the rest of their life by 50 year old men as war trophies that's happening as the u.s is moving out um hold it war trophies that they're, they're, it's, it's, they call we, it war booty because what what and i i get i mean i'm not saying this politically i think any any man, decent man out there is troubled with how we left Afghanistan. You can't, I mean, it just, it, you can't not it be. 20 million, 20 million women and little girls are sexually enslaved forever because of that decision. And, and uh, if you, if even if you don't agree with the, you know, disagree with me on the strategic military standpoint, the stability in the world. Uh, it's not about politics. It's it, not about military. It's about people. Right. <laughs> it's about human, human beings. These people are human beings. And I remember I was getting on a plane to go there the last time and we'd already got Aziz out. My wife's like, why are you doing this? She's scared, right? Yeah. She's like, we're driving to the airport. She's like, me and Dennis Price, two of us are going to go into Tajikistan, swim in Afghanistan. She's like, why are you doing this? How far are you going to push it? And, and I didn't know how to describe it. I just said this to her and maybe this helps people resonate. I was like, what if it was us? What if it was our sons that'd be forced into madrasas to be terrorists? What if it was our daughter, Haley, who's going to be raped the rest of her life? Wouldn't we be praying that someone somewhere would come help us? I, I would be. 
and we think oftentimes, I think as Americans, that that can never happen to us, but you know, uh, it can. And and the, I remember when the airport was happening, these moms. If if anybody like wants to see the uh, just an image of how how desperate these people were, the moms yeah. were taking these babies. I can't stand this. Not like there's a hundred thousand people outside. Imagine like love like loving your baby so much that you know you're never gonna see it again, and you don't want to become a Taliban terrorist as a boy, or you don't want to become a sexual slave as a girl. They take that baby, kiss it goodbye. Again, no one is never gonna see it again. Put it on top of a crowd of a hundred thousand people to be crowd surfed to the gate. And when it got to the gate, somebody would take that baby and throw it as hard and as high as they could over that wall, hoping a U.S. service member would catch it and give it a chance. What they didn't realize was on the other side of that wall was about six feet high and 20 feet deep of Constantino wire, razor wire. Yeah. My buddy Joe counted six babies in that wire. Yeah. Like that's the level of desperation that was going on at that right. evacuation. And, and, you know, I was very privileged to be able to be part of doing any, I mean, no, it's an atrocity. anything we could. So I There's no other way to slice it. Yeah. It's just... It, and I, I'm troubled with those kind of decisions, and I'm not a judgment of God guy, mm. but doggone it, man. God's just got to be so grieved that, and I, I, I get, we, it's not like we've allowed it, it's not, but I, I know we've got to do something. Yeah. yeah. If it starts with service, man, because see, to me, you get, you get free. God gets a hold of your life. You get your life right with Jesus. Purpose hits your life, and seventeen thousand people get out of Afghanistan. And that, that's what I, I mean. Mean, That could happen. You, that's multiplication. Mm-hmm. That starts happening. All, I mean, your guys. And that's I'm, why I believe that this ministry, what we do at Mighty Oaks, is so important for pastors and communities. And you know, we invest in leaders because leaders will lead and they'll take charge and they'll do these other things. Like I said, I have a huge heart for human trafficking and I, and I am involved in some human trafficking efforts, but I'd rather be investing in leaders that are going to go out and do that. Well, what if that. your story and your story in this men's meeting just unlocks the alpha in some guys, one person and changes, changes, right. The, you know, changes the world in his own segment and his own uh, lane. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that the church is more powerful than governments, more powerful than Hollywood media it's and we just have to somehow wake up i mean it's it's um it's amazing i'll tell you i i appreciate the time um yeah. and by the I'm, way it's it, it, you said to mention it it is the story of saving aziz is in a book uh by thomas nelson it's available anywhere called saving aziz and it is being made into a motion picture film so saving get, aziz you know we're gonna we're gonna put information up where people can get it, maybe a QR code or something um, to, to be able to get information, especially vets and first responders. Uh, I want to say one more thing, Pastor. Uh, so by the way, you're going to meet Aziz tonight. You talk about what we talked about, the exponential impact of investing in one person. We get Aziz out. Aziz's wife and six kids come to Texas. They're Texans now. He has cowboy hat and his cowboy boots and everything. And uh, and and. Uh, Amazing story. I, well, I, at least tonight it'd be on the God side of the Red River. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Oklahoma and Texas, I, I like the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, Jesus got a hold of Aziz, and he and he's he's made a commitment, a promise to Jesus to share his story as this transformation. But we uh, hired him at Mighty Oaks, and he's 
we want to have a program for the SIVs like him. So when these guys who served alongside of us for 20 years come to America, the ones that do make it to America, yeah. they don't have a, they don't have VA rights. They can't go to the VA to deal with their hardships. They're expected just to reintegrate in America and be okay, even though they've been through combat, lost friends, lost family, lost everything, and have to start over. The government's not doing anything for them. And uh, so we decided at Mighty Oaks, we're going to stand up, stand in the gap for that. So we started what's called the SIV program in Mighty Oaks. And Aziz and our team have been training for a year, and they just ran the first program at our ranch in California. And they had 17 SIVs come through who were all double zero, worked for the CIA, came through our program, and all got taught how to live biblical lives and, yeah. uh, and got introduced to the gospel. And uh, we care for them just like we do for our service members. It was pretty amazing to see Aziz. I'm super proud of him. See him uh, come back and continue that mission forward. Well, it's been an honor, and it will continue. I'm looking forward to our friendship. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Uh, just kicking the, the devil's butt. Just yeah. he. I'm not. I mean, we. The, the church just has to stand up and yeah. not disregard or run from the fight. That's right. It's time for us to fight the fight of faith and be who God's called us to be. Man, thank you guys so much for for watching. Thank you for just if you're if you're serving God, thank you for doing that. But let's let's dial it up a little bit. Let's level our lives up and make a bigger, bigger impact than we ever dreamt we could. What's on my heart for this next year is to be about the greater works that Jesus promised us to be about. And that's what you're talking about. I want to be about the great. What if, what if what you've, what what you've seen is nothing compared to what's in front of you? Because that's how God is. Yeah. God I'll bless you guys. Thank you for watching this.